Chapter 22 A Message for the Present Time We plead with you, young men and women, and tenderly remind you that you are at this hour acting unjustly and unkindly toward your God. He made you, yet you do not serve Him. He has kept you alive, yet you are not obedient to Him. He has sent the word of His gospel to you, yet you have not received it. He has sent His only begotten Son, yet you have despised Him. This injustice is a thing of the present, and the appeal we make to you about it is that in all reason such conduct should come to an end. Oh, may God's Holy Spirit help you to end it. If I feel that I have done anyone an injustice, I am eager to set it right. I wouldn't wait until tomorrow. I want to make things right at once. Even when I have forgotten to deliver assistance to some needy widow, I scold myself and feel uneasy until I have attended to the matter. Do you not feel the same? Would you willingly wrong or neglect another? I feel sure you would not. How is it then that you can be content to be unjust to God, cruel to the dear lover of the souls of men, and hostile to the loving pleadings of the Holy Spirit? How fascinating that first chapter of Isaiah is! If people had hearts that were at all tender, it would break them. Scripture Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the donkey his master's crib. But Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider. Isaiah 1, 2-3. It is the lament of God Himself over man's unkindness to His Maker. Young man of honor, young man of integrity, does nothing speak to your conscience in this? Will a man rob God? Malachi 3, 8. You would not rob your employer. You wouldn't like to be thought unfaithful or dishonest toward others. Yet is your God to be treated so dishonorably despite all His goodness? As Jesus said, For which of those works do ye stone me? John 10.32. Jehovah also says, I have made you, I have kept breath in your nostrils, I have fed you your entire life. For which of all these good things do you live without me, neglect me, perhaps curse my name, and sin so boldly against my sacred law? Can you think it is right to remain in such an openly unjust way of life as this? Can it be right to continue to wrong your God and grieve His matchless love? Provoke Him no more. Let conscience lead you to feel that you have dealt wrongly with the Lord, and go to Him for forgiveness and change of heart. O Spirit of God, make this appeal to be felt by all our beloved young men and women. Again, our message has to do with the present, for we would affectionately remind you that you are now at enmity with your best friend, the friend to whose love you owe everything. You have grieved him, and without cause you are his enemy. Can you bear this thought? I know a little child who had done something wrong, and her kind father talked to her. At last, as a punishment, he said to her in a very sad voice, I cannot kiss you tonight, for you have grieved me very much. That broke her little heart. Though not a hand had been laid upon her, 
she saw sorrow in her dear father's face, and she could not endure it. She pleaded and wept and pleaded again to be forgiven. It was thought wise to withhold the kiss, and she was sent to bed, for she had done very wrong. But there was no sleep for those weeping eyes, and when the mother went up to the little one's room, she heard frequent sobs and sighs. Then a sorrowful little voice said, I was very, very naughty, but please forgive me and ask dear father to give me a kiss. She loved her father, and she could not bear that he would be grieved. Child of mercy, erring child of the great Father of spirits, can you bear to live forever at enmity with the loving Father? You ask, Would he forgive me? What makes you ask the question? Is it that you don't know how good he is? Has he not portrayed himself as meeting his prodigal son and falling upon his neck and kissing him? Luke 15 20. Before the child had reached the father, the father had reached the child. The father was eager to forgive, and therefore, when the son was yet a great way off, his father saw him and ran and had compassion. Don't say any longer that we are talking of things of a far off time. It's not so. I am speaking of that which I pray may be true of you now, so that you may not remain enemies to God even another hour, but may now become his dear repenting children and run into your tender father's arms. I have to remind you, however, of much more than this, namely, that you are in danger. Because of your treatment of God and remaining an enemy to him, he will surely visit you in justice and punish you for your transgressions. He is a just God, and every sin committed is noted in His book, and there it stands recorded against His judgment day. The danger you are in is that you may at this moment go down into the pit. You may bow your head in death and appear before your Maker in an instant to receive the just reward of your sins. We tell you that there is immediate pardon for all the sins of those who will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that if you will believe in Jesus, your sins, which are many, will all be forgiven you. Do you not know the story, you've heard it many times, that the Lord Jesus took upon Himself the sins of all who trust Him, and that He suffered the penalty due to their sins in their place? He was our substitute, and as such He died, the just for the unjust, to bring us to God. 1 Peter 3, 18. He laid down his life for us, so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3:16. Will you refuse the salvation so dearly purchased but so freely presented? Will you not accept it here and now? Can you bear the burden of your sins? Are you content to abide for a single hour in danger of eternal punishment? Can you bear to be slipping down into the open jaws of hell as you now are? Remember that God's patience will not last forever. You have provoked Him long enough. All things are weary of you. The very earth on which you stand groans beneath the indignity of bearing a sinner upon its surface. As long as you remain an enemy to God, the stones of the field are against you, and all creation threatens you. It is a wonder that you don't sink at once to destruction. Because of this, we want you to be pardoned now and made free from divine wrath now. The danger is immediate, 
and we pray that the Lord will grant the rescue to be immediate also. I hear you say, but may pardon be obtained at once? Is Jesus Christ a present Savior? We thought that we might perhaps find Him when we came to die, or might obtain a hope of mercy after living a long life of seeking. It is not so. Free grace proclaims immediate salvation from sin and misery. Whosoever looks to Jesus at this very moment will have his sins forgiven. At the moment he believes in the Lord Jesus, the sinner will cease to be in danger of the fires of hell. The moment a person turns his eye of faith to Jesus Christ, he is saved from the wrath to come. It is present salvation that we preach to you, along with the present comfort of that present salvation. Many other reasons tend to make this serious matter exceedingly urgent, and among them is that there is a disease in your heart, the disease of sin, and it needs immediate cure. When people discover a developing disease in their bodies, I don't hear them say that they will wait a while until the disease is more fully developed, and then they will go see a physician. Most of us have enough sense to try to stop a disease at once. Young man, you have a leprosy upon you. Young woman, you have a terrible disease within your heart. Do you not desire to be healed now? Jesus can give you immediate healing if you believe in Him. Will you hesitate to be made whole? Do you love your deadly affliction? Is hideous sin so dear to you? Oh, that you would cry out to be saved immediately, for then Jesus will hear you. His Spirit will descend upon you and cleanse you. He will give you a new heart and a right spirit, and will make you whole from this time forth and forevermore. How can you want to have such a great blessing postponed? Surely a sick person can never be cured too soon. The gospel will also bring you present blessings. In addition to present pardon and present justification, it will give you present regeneration, present adoption, present sanctification, present access to God, present peace through believing, and present help in time of trouble. It will even make you doubly happy in this life. It will be wisdom for your way, strength for your conflict, and comfort for your sorrow. If I had to die like a dog, I would still want to be a Christian. If there were no hereafter, even though that idea is not to be tolerated, I would still want to live for and with Jesus, my beloved Lord. Balaam chose the righteous man's death, Numbers 23.10. I choose it too. But just as much do I choose in this life to have the love of God in the heart, to have peace with God, to be able to look up to heaven with confidence, and to talk to my heavenly Father in childlike trustfulness. This is a present joy and comfort worth more than worlds. Young men and women, in preaching to you the gospel, we are preaching that which is good for this life as well as for the life to come. If you believe in Jesus, you will be saved now this moment, and you will now enjoy the unchanging blessing of God. You will go your way from that moment on not to live as others do, but as the chosen of God, beloved with special love and enriched with special blessings, to rejoice every day until you are taken up to dwell where Jesus is. Present salvation is the theme of the Lord's message to you. Therefore, it is not true, but is notoriously false, 
that the vision is for many days to come, and that the prophecy is for times that are far off. Is there not reason in my pleadings? If so, yield to them. Can you answer these arguments? If not, I plead with you to stop delaying. Again, I pray that the Lord will lead you to immediate decision.